The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The February 21st edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of February 21st, 2024. Noel Monin to become Chief of Fire Department. The Future of Rosario Resort Show of Appreciation for Ferry Workers Plus, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log First, from the Journal of the San Juan Islands Noel Monin to become Chief of Fire Department By Isabel Ashley the professional service contract promoting interim chief Noel Monin to chief of San Juan Fire and Rescue was passed on Tuesday, February 13th by the commissioners of San Juan Fire District 3. Monin took the interim chief position in early November, following former chief Norvin Collins' retirement, and as the commissioners began drafting an interim chief contract for Monin, they decided to elect Monin as chief and draft a contract to reflect the organization's structural changes. The commissioners referenced multiple local, state, and out-of-state fire chief contracts during its creation, and after multiple reviews of the contract at open board meetings and by the fire department's attorney, Eric Quinn, the contract was officially passed at the February board meeting. The process through the contract negotiation was novel for me said Monin at the February 13th board meeting. It was healthy, and it could be used as an example to other organizations to be as transparent as possible, and it really holds the contractee and the contractors accountable. Monin has a long history of working for San Juan Island Fire and Rescue, starting as a volunteer firefighter for the department in 1997. Originally from Cedro Woolley, he moved to the island in 1996 after accepting a park aid position for the Washington Conservation Corps at Lime Kiln State Park. The ranger at that time, Chris Guidotti, suggested to Monin that he become a volunteer firefighter, and the two would often accept calls together as volunteers. Monin served as a volunteer firefighter for four and a half years before he was hired as a firefighter maintenance worker in 2001. Since then, he has progressed through the ranks, being promoted to maintenance supervisor and then to a lieutenant, gaining more operations experience before becoming a captain. He then served as the assistant chief for seven years before his short stint as interim chief in November 2023 later being chosen as the final candidate for the chief position the following month. As part of the organization's restructuring, the assistant chief position has been absolved, and the chief will be taking on many of the assistant chief responsibilities. Although Monin is able to delegate some of these tasks, he doesn't want to overwhelm his staff. He is well aware of the challenges that lie ahead. It's daunting. There's a lot on the plate. There's a lot of moving parts and not many staff, and it's a complex industry. But I'm honored that the public and volunteers have been supportive, and the commission has confidence in me. But I know it's going to be a lot of work, said Monin. Monin has identified two main challenges he wants to address as chief, 
the first being the budget. With aging fleet facilities, rising labor costs, and a lack of additional revenue sources, Monin wants to create a five-year strategic plan and a ten-year master plan to outline the goals that the department wants to accomplish and with what means they will need to achieve them. At the February board meeting, Monin proposed that he and the commissioners come together to create these plans, and this suggestion was well received. The board hopes to convene in April, possibly at the April open meeting, to draft the plans. I think some guiding principles can help us not only actualize our own direction and set a course, but articulate honestly how we're going to get there and the funds that are needed to do that, said Monin. Another priority for Monin is increasing volunteerism and getting the community involved in supporting the fire department. With staffing constraints, the department can only do so much, says Monin. Part of the solution is providing fire protection through volunteers, which the department heavily relies on. Outside of these two priorities, maintaining industry standards and staying true to the mission of protecting the public and their property occupy a large part of Monin's job. Despite the difficulties he will face, Monin referenced a few experiences that he believes serve him well in this position. Serving as a town council member for 14 years, Monin says he has developed a sense of what a good administration, successful leaders, and efficient governing looks like. Additionally, he has been actively involved in Washington state mobilization for several years, combating primarily wildland fires and large-scale disasters throughout the state. Through this experience, not only has he had the opportunity to execute plans in high-intensity, dire situations while working with new team members, but has also gained perspective on different emergencies and how to respond accordingly. Lastly, as someone who has lived on the island for over 25 years, Monin believes he understands what the community's needs are. His ability to advance through the organization shows his dedication to the department. Monin remains humble in receiving his new chief status and reiterates the importance of upholding the department's mission. It's not about me. I'm about the organization and the people who make it, said Monin. If we're successful in responding to calls, keeping fires checked, and helping people on the worst day of their lives, and we're doing that consistently... That's what's important to me. That's what matters. From the Island's Sounder, The Future of Rosario Resort Barto Family Sells Historic Property to Undisclosed Buyer by Colleen Smith-Summers Little is known about what's next for Rosario Resort and Spa after the sale of the 82-acre property was announced this week. After 16 years of ownership, the Bartow family listed the resort in March 2023 for $15 million, plus $2.5 million for water rights. Its sale will close at the end of February to an undisclosed buyer. All current employees have been laid off. The new owner is an Orcas Islander, who I am sure the community will embrace, said General Manager Christopher Peacock. The Bartos released the following statement on February 12th. 
The new owner plans a substantial upgrade beginning with the historic Moran Mansion. The mansion, including the mansion restaurant, Moran Lounge, spa, museum, and other facilities within the mansion itself, will be closed as of February 20, 2024, for a period to accommodate the extensive renovations. The marina and grounds will remain open. However, overnight lodging will briefly close from February 20, 2024 through March 31, 2024 for the transition, reopening on April 1st. Our apologies, but existing reservations during this time will be cancelled. If you would like to cancel a reservation on or after April 1st, 2024, you can do so through Rosario Resort and Spa until February 22nd, 2024, and your deposit will be refunded. After February 22nd, your reservation and deposit will be handled by the new resort operator. We will provide contact information shortly for the new resort operator. New reservations for April 1st and beyond are also currently paused for the brief transition period and will reopen shortly. The Bartow family thanks you and the residents of Orcas Island for your patronage and support of the Rosario Resort and Spa through the years. The estate is centered around the 116-year-old Rosario Mansion, built by shipbuilder Robert Moran. The property officially opened as a resort on April 1, 1960, and has undergone several expansions. Peacock has been an employee and historian of the resort since 1980. He began as a young college graduate with a summer job, working the front desk, doing the night audits, and playing piano on the regular musician's night off. Over the years, his responsibilities grew, and his passion for the property's history remained steadfast. I have been through every ownership change of the resort, and each has been positive for Rosario, Peacock said. Even though I will not be involved, I am optimistic for the future of the historic property. The resort is listed on the Historic National Register. In 2007, the San Juan County Council approved Rosario Resort's master plan for future development. It states, The magnitude of long-term growth for the resort was determined by several factors, including operational efficiencies, historical and natural integrity, the scenic capacity of the site, the volume of available treated water, anticipated market demand, and ratio of projected revenues to redevelopment costs. In late 2008, the Anacortes-based Bartow family purchased the resort from Olympus Real Estate Partners of Dallas, Texas, during an auction. At the time, the council expressed concerns about the sale and temporary closure of the business. As an Orcas landmark and one of the island's largest employers that also provides staff housing, its presence is an integral part of the local economy. From the Islands Weekly, Show of Appreciation for Ferry Workers A show of appreciation from San Juan County. Thank you to the San Juan County Council and San Juan County Ferry Advisory Committee for sending the following letter of appreciation for my colleagues working aboard the ferries and at the terminals on our Anacortes-San Juan Islands route. The thoughtful and kind message 
is another reminder of the important role we play in the communities we serve. It is without question that you, the terminal and vessel staff which operate and maintain ferry service for San Juan County, are critical to the residents and visitors of our islands. The work you do daily has impacts that reach far and wide across our county. Day in and day out, you act as the primary conduit for commerce, health care, education, and numerous other aspects which are vitally important for the success of our community. There are very few parts of island living which are not directly affected by the work you do. As we collectively battle through the dark winter months, through weather, illness, and other seasonal challenges, more than ever, we recognize the difficulties you face in the execution of your work. Not only does your work become more physically taxing, but you face an increased exposure to dangerous situations and often frustrated passengers similarly struggling under the weight of the season. You are there early in the morning, late in the evening, working through the dark and the cold, to provide a vital and necessary service to our community. While your job may be as frontline representatives of Washington State Ferries, for San Juan County, you are the ambassadors of the county to the thousands of travelers to, from, and within our unique community. While there is no way to properly show our profound gratitude for the work you do daily, as representatives of the broader community, we wanted to officially recognize and convey our appreciation to each one of you that serves our route. We appreciate the impact that your effort and dedication to your work brings to our community. Thank you for continuing to be a vitally important part of what makes San Juan County the incredible place that it is. San Juan County Council and San Juan County Ferry Advisory Committee. And now, some choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On February 7th, a Lopez deputy responded when an individual reported they had no contact with an adult family member for a few months. Upon investigation, the deputy learned the family is estranged and the lack of contact was intentional. A San Juan deputy took a report of vandalism at the Lime Kiln Preserve. A rock and part of a trail had been painted. Currently, there is no suspect information. On February 8th, a San Juan deputy responded to a request for a welfare check. The involved party was contacted, said they were fine, and refused all services and offers of assistance. On February 11th, San Juan deputies responded to a report of a suspicious person and found a broken window at a residence and a naked man in the street. The man was taken into protective custody, and the report was forwarded to the prosecutor's office. On February 13th, a deputy on San Juan received a report of a hit-and-run, where a vehicle had gone off of the road in front of the victim's residence, hit a rock wall, and did damage to the victim's property. This case is still under investigation. And this concludes the February 21st edition of the Island Digest. 
This edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. Orcus Center is your place for fun and intrigue this winter with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. To check out upcoming events and purchase tickets, visit orcuscenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The Journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks again for listening, and come back next week for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.